Blog Talk Radio. Come get you live. It is Buzzworthy Radio, where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite shows and stars. Buzzworthy starts now. Hey, everybody. This is John Driscoll from Young and the Restless, the new Philip Chancellor IV. You are listening to Buzzworthy Radio right now with Novell. Stay tuned for what's coming up, what's happening, what's going on, and what will be coming up, what drama to be expected on your favorite soaps. Listen in. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Buzzworthy Radio here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm your host, Novell J. Lee. It, we are continuing our track here on Anniversary Week. It is Wednesday, November 3rd, 2010. We had just done a morning show with James Reynolds, who plays the role of Abe Carver on NBC Daytime's Days of Our Lives. And if you want to check that show out, you have free reign on checking it out. It's available and download right now on the Buzzworthy uh, site, as well as here on blogtalkradio.com and on iTunes. So you have free access to download that show from this morning. Right now, we are continuing with Anniversary Week with two interviews that I love doing as well. Uh, the first one we have coming up is with James Maslow, who plays the role of James Diamond on Nickelodeon's hit show, Big Time Rush. Find out what happened when he actually auditioned for the role. And it was a very, it was a very fun conversation. Look, he had me sold when we talked about food. That alone makes it for a great conversation. When we talked about food, I was done. That was it. You can't go wrong if you have a conversation about food. So here it is. Here is the interview that we did with James Maslow for Big Time Rush. Enjoy. He first got his premiere on an episode of iCarly in playing Shane, I believe, playing in Shane, and I saw him first. Well, now fans will get to see him as James Diamond on Big Time Rush, which will premiere in January 2010, but they had the sneak preview of it a few weeks ago, which is still airing on Nick and Team Nick. James Maslow is joining us right now. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. How you doing? Good, good, man. Thanks thanks for showing up tonight, man. It's a pleasure to have you. Oh, of course. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, <clears throat> I apologize if I sound a little, little scruffy and fighting a bit of a cold, so bear with me. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I noticed you sounded hoarse. I thought you were like shouting or something, like you know that 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 thing that sing artists do when they're in a recording studio. You you sing and shout too much, and now your voice is gone. I, I thought that's what that was, but no, no, no. I try not to shout too much because we do have to sing. But uh, in fact, I was trying to get through singing today. But uh, oh. no, it, it's all good. It just kind of kind of jumped up on me yesterday, and I'm doing good. I'll be over in a day or so. Wow, you you definitely have that stamina to think that it will be gone by tomorrow. <laughs> that, it's, it's confidence. I I believe in vitamins and sleep. It'll be good. <laughs> All right. I I wish I had that quote unquote confidence. <laughs> I never do when I get sick like you. But yeah, should I say it's more like fair because I need to get over it quickly, right? Uh that's probably a, the better answer. <laughs> <laughs> so for all of you who did not check out uh, Big Time Rush. Um, on the gosh, I'm gonna put myself on the, on the 29th of November. Uh, tell us, tell us exactly who who who's James on on the show. What is James? What's he like? Who is he? Well, I play James Diamond, and James Diamond is a very uh, very motivated character. What motivates him is 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 fame and the idea of becoming a pop star. Even when, when we're in Minnesota, none of my friends think about anything but hockey and 
though I love the sports and love you know love my boys as friends, I also have been studying you know pop and and, and LA culture and fame and everything since I was little. So when this opportunity to audition, kind of this American Idol type contest comes to town, you know James Diamond is just stoked to have the the chance to go and and be able to sing and perform and live that life. And uh, you know luck come with it, he gets the opportunity. In fact, all all four of us do. Yeah. Jane Diamond is like the one that's the most, I don't want to use the word egotistical, I would say the most confident out of the group. You're definitely confident, in fact, you know, maybe maybe not egotistical, but maybe, uh, you know, you've been referred to as the lovable narcissist, definitely, definitely uh, like, like fashion, that. definitely uh, into looking good, it's kind of what he does. <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the cool thing about the cool thing about this uh, this show as well as I was just saying before you got here, what's interesting is that you guys are actually recording. Besides filming the show, you actually are recording your first album. Is that right? Yeah, though it, though it, I'm sure it doesn't sound like it now. We actually do sing in real life, and uh, we're getting the opportunity with with uh, Columbia Records to go and record our own album. We're working on that right now, and it's it's going fantastic. So it's pretty cool to get to. You know, play that in the TV show, and then in real life actually do it. And and speaking of the fact that you are a uh, a singer songwriter, um, is there any of songs that you guys have done that you had influenced or you had written or um, you no, would hope point, you would hope to have on the album uh, a song that you write? Yes, and I think uh, I think come second album we're going to get more opportunity. However, we've had a lot of influence in each song we've gone over as a group so far. It's been pretty cool that we get, um, you know, in the studio, get a lot of say in, in making each song our own. So that's that's been pretty cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, now how did you? Now, how did how did you find your love for acting and singing? Uh, what what drove you into that passion? Well, I always sang when I was younger, and uh, I think, in fact, it, it almost found me more than I found it because my uh, my mom threw me into choirs when I was. Five or six years old, she just threw me in the San Diego Children's Choir. Didn't even ask me. Just signed me up. She just was like, "Oh, you're doing this. No questions asked." And you're, oh no, she didn't even tell like, me. Yeah, no, yes, mommy. Be, that would have been courteous thing to do if you're going to force something upon your child. She, <laughs> she pretty much just uh, just dropped me off one day. I'm like, "Where am I?" She's like, "Oh no, you're going to choir." I'm like, "What?" She left. I hated it for the first two weeks. I couldn't stand it. I was, you know, I went from just playing sports to like all of a sudden I'm sitting in a big like church where we first had it, you know, just singing. And I almost two weeks on the dots. Something clicked. I just fell in love with it. I'd always sang, and now I was like, wow, I'm actually around other people that can do this and do this well. I get to do this and, like, perform in front of people. I'm like, this is sick. Like, what? You know? So, honestly, it, it, was, it, it turned into a miracle, and from then on, I just trained every day. And uh, it was really the eighth grade, I think, that uh, I decided, look, I want to do this for the rest of my life. And that's uh, when I decided to go to my first performing arts school, which I continued to go through uh, to performing arts schools throughout high school. And, uh, you know, it was singing to opera to musical theater that transitioned into film and television and, you know, pop, rock, what we're doing now. Oh, um, see, see now, see now, you hated it before, but look where, look where it's gotten you. See that? Uh, it's become my passion, you know. I, 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 uh, you know, I guess I was decent at it and I had so much fun doing it that I figured, hey, why not do this for a living? And uh, so I've worked towards that ever since. See now, now we got to get this shout out to the mom because if it wasn't for the mom, you wouldn't be doing this right now. So shout out to James Maslow's mom. <laughs> there right you now. go. There you go. That's what we're doing right now. We're shouting out to mom right now. You see, mm -hmm. see this is what you got to do. You got to force the kids to do what they don't want to do. 
No, no, no. I made, made, made it a little over, more over dramatic, but shout out to the pops as well, because I'm pretty sure he's the one that ended up driving me to everything. So uh, I got to say thank you, Dad. Appreciate it. Yes, yes. Thanks, James' dad. Got to. Hey, we can't drive at that young age, so you got to do it for us. So. Right. Thanks so much. Thanks so Let much. me tell you, the day I turned 16, I had my license, and my dad was so grateful. <laughs> <laughs> Did he rush you to get your license? Is that what it was? No, he, he didn't you? rush me. I, I'm that kid who's been reading Car and Driver since I was like eight years old. I love cars. But I rushed me to get my license. I had my permit the day of. Actually, right before I got my permit, they switched it to 15 and a half. So, like, you know, you used to be able to get your permit 15. Then they switched that yeah. and moved it up. I was just pissed. So I got it. I was the, the driving instructor. Like, my dad's had this driving since we were little, like, on private land and stuff. So it wasn't a big deal. He's, like, he's literally reading a magazine. He's, like, you know how to drive? I'm, like, yeah. He's, like, cool. So we got that done with. And uh, I had it, I had it. I think, the day after my birthday. So maybe, you know, one day after. But, you know, I needed it. I wouldn't be able to be up in L.A. driving all the time in San Diego if I didn't do that. So it all worked out. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. And you did the appearance on iCarly, like I said. You were in I Saw Him First, which I believe was the season two premiere of the show. Yep. And it's funny. I, I was I was reading up on this interview, and it seems that a lot of people sparked interest saying that you could be the next Zac Efron. What do you think about that? <laughs> I, I've never heard that comparison in my life, actually. Wow, thank you for a first. Um, no. It's actually, you know, it's it's cool. In fact, I uh, I take that as a huge, huge compliment because I have all the respect in the world for him. I've, I've yet to meet him, but, you know, he's obviously worked very hard to be where he's at, and he does a great job doing it. So, hey, man, I think that's a cool compliment. I, I'd love to, to be in that position, and I think, uh, you know, it, it's, it's cool to work towards it and cool to have more of a, you know, with this we've got more of the, the record, uh, you know, singing stuff behind it, and for me that's kind of, kind of a dream, even 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 better yet than just, just the movie or just the show. So it's kinda cool. Yeah, absolutely, man. And yeah, as soon as as soon as I read it, I was like, you know what? He does kind of look like Zach in some kind of angle, but not so much. It's so the hair. Uh, it's the from. hair. I figured that much I out. think it's the Yeah, it's the <laughs> hair. All right, you yeah, yeah, I got busted. It is the hair. That, that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> I guess that's about it too, to be honest, but I guess people don't see past <laughs> but no <it's, laughs> It's all good. And you you guys have worked with uh, hitmaker uh, hit Desmond Child. You guys worked with him. That had to be cool for you. Yes. Actually, uh, I got to flap Nashville, and we were doing a pilot a year ago to record with him, and that was an experience. He has this amazing studio. It's literally in a cabin in Nashville up in the woods, you know, away from everything. I kid you not, yeah. we're sitting out on, on the deck you know, five feet away from the recording studio, and I see a deer just chilling and another deer just chilling next to it. I mean, I remember the last time I saw a deer in my life. I mean, it was it was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome to be up there and do that. And then recently we worked with him again, uh, you know, down here in L.A., and he's just uh, he's just a miracle maker. He's he's amazing, amazing at what he does. And so that was that was definitely uh, that was definitely unreal. It was such a pleasure. Yeah, it's just it's amazing how far you guys have come because. Another interesting tidbit was that you got you had auditioned for this part two years ago. Is yep. that right? <clears throat> yeah, it's been it's been about two years. It was uh, a year of auditioning before we did the first pilot, which was I think it was three screen tests, or and then we did a fourth screen test and more. I think they did four national tours and saw about fifteen thousand kids. They say. So uh, and I think I was in the very first audition in L.A. 
but it was cool, man. It was definitely definitely worth the wait. Let me say, tell you that much. How was the how was the audition process? It was interesting. I think you know, back in the day, I'm sure they don't want me to say this, but they called it the boy band boot camps. And uh, oh god, we've really turned into the anti boy band, so to speak. You know, really on the show because we're not we're not striving to recreate anything like that. It's not like four guys and choreographed dance moves all the time. Of course, you have bits and pieces of that. It's more of like a a music group, like pop rock coming together. But uh, back yeah. in the day, you know, it was also being created, and that's just what they called it. And it was, for example, the first screen test, they flew out from across the country, maybe 40 kids, and put us up in hotels for three days. And it was three days from like 6 in the morning until 6 or 8 or 10 at night of just, you know, dance, rotate to singing, rotate to acting, cut people, cut people, couple dance. I mean, it was really, it was like, like American Idol in that, in that sense. It was so much like uh, how, how the show represented it in the first episode. And uh, it just got smaller and smaller each screen test, and different people came in, and a couple of the same people were there. And eventually, uh, to be honest, it was very, very slow until four or five months ago, and um, we finally cast Ken- Kendall. And once he came on board, everything was like, all right, we got the four, and we've been we've been running with it since, and it's been an unreal experience. <laughs> wow, man! It's looking like it's paying off now. So, uh, you know, I, I watched I watched the uh, the special preview of the show. It was very cool, very very uh, different uh, than what you would expect. Like you said, from uh, from the boy band type of like programs, it's like entourage means making the band, which means it turns into a comedic spin. So, <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. It's so I think it's, it's uh, very unique to Nickelodeon, and it's really really cool to you know be blessed with the opportunity to uh, to bring that. So, so you got you, I gotta ask this because I know everybody wants to know you guys. Do hang out outside of the show, correct? Besides. Yep, I just had lunch with Kendall because we actually had a... We got off earlier than 10 o'clock at night, so if you can call lunch at 5 o'clock lunch, we did that. <laughs> 5 yeah, o'clock we, lunch? Yeah, lunch enough. We, we, yeah. we need a second time when you're on a soundstage. Uh, man after my own heart, I eat any time of the day and I call it lunch. That's great. <laughs> oh, sure. I have lunch at 5 in the morning, lunch at 5 in the afternoon, 6 lunches. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge fan man. of food, in case you can't tell. Oh, <laughs> oh man, why why are we not best friends, dude? I'm serious. This, my whole life in existence is eating. Besides oh, doing the show, folks. But, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's. In fact, Crafty uh, are my best friends. Craft Services, who provide the food on set, we're really yeah. really good friends, and they know that if I don't eat at pretty much every break, uh, I I don't do well. So it's pretty. Much <laughs> it's like we got five minutes, James. I know where you're at. You're at Craft Services. Yep, I'm there. Uh, nice. <laughs> it's great. It's great. I wish. <laughs> That's probably the biggest perk of being on set. You know, long hours, all that, yeah, I can get old, but hey, there's food there 24-7, so I love it. Yeah, uh, when's the next flight out to Los Angeles again so I can be around that food? Gee whiz, hey, man. You are hereby invited. You can come on set anytime you want, buddy. Come eat some food. We even get even get catering in the production office at lunch. Hey, hey. I'm already sold on the food, dude. You don't have to pay any more. I'm 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 right there. I'm right there for you. Well, for the food, but I'm there for you too. I'll, I'll you know I'll pretend like it's more of a friendship thing than a food thing, even though I know better. But to make myself feel good, I'm gonna I'm pretend like you actually like me for me. You know, so that's that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll 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 go with that. <laughs> Funk. So what do you what do you what do you like to do um, in your spare time uh, if you have any? <laughs> um, you know I've learned I've learned to cherish spare time. Let me tell you, weekends when we get them, woo, it's called weekends for a reason. Um, no, yeah. man, I love uh, I try and hit the beach at least once a week if I can. You know these days maybe every couple weeks, but 
um, I grew up surfing, and for me, that's one of my biggest, you know, pastimes, biggest way to relax and and just uh, let my mind go, and as well as, you know, uh, exercising and training. Like I, I, I've gotten into climbing pretty recently, and uh, I was able to go and do Mount Whitney last June, and so now I'm kind of working towards doing uh, Mount Rainier maybe next winter or sometimes in, in the next year. So, yeah, if I'm not at the beach doing that, I'm usually uh, training with a couple of my really good friends. Uh, towards some of that stuff, and that really, it's nice, it's a completely different world, you know, gets gets you to sweat a little bit, and gets you to take take your mind off of, uh, you know, the normal day-to-day stuff. Yes, and I don't know if many people know this, and if they do, then it shows how much I don't know as a host, because I don't follow up probably, uh, you are a BMX racer. When I was younger, I did that, yeah. You did that, that, yeah. Uh. When, <laughs> When I, when I mean, I this young. is this is like the hugest thing here on the East Coast. I mean, everybody that I know that I'm friends with are BMX racers. You you have no idea how much we love BMX. That's like our right thing. On. I feel like I shouldn't call myself a BMX racer when all of them are probably ten times better than I am. But uh, <laughs> no, when I was younger, for for a couple of years there, I definitely was very much so into that um, race at a couple, you know, a bunch of local competitions in San Diego. You know, when I was younger, it was like my big investment. I spent, you know, $500 on a, a nice uh, Diamondback, Bombshell Forks type whole setup. I still have that bike, which I, I love. And, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Nice. Very, very nice. In fact, and I just brought have... my old my old BMX bike, like just my first Mongoose, like really heavy, you know, just when I was when I was fun, tiny little bike to set. So now when I'm around set and need to get from place to place, I ride this tiny little thing just jumping over things and, Everybody freaks out like I'm gonna hurt myself, but it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Are you like saying, "Oh God, I should be wearing pads on my knees and arms and everything" because I'm gonna just injure myself very, very bad? <laughs> I, I don't worry about it, but of course it's the one time that I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna be fine." That I go out there and jump over something and fall. <laughs> it's always when you're trying to act confident and cocky, like, "Oh, dude, come on! I used to do this for a living." That you like, you know, miss the pedal and scrape your leg, and you get that that told you so look, and you walk away like it doesn't hurt, then it, it actually hurts. So. Yeah, it's like that thing you see on the TV show. You get up, and then it's like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm cool. And then everybody walks away, and you're like, oh. Crying. You're in tears. But, hey, as long as you can hold it, as long as you can hold it off so people don't see you, then it's totally okay. You're still really manly. <laughs> you realize now that people here in this, they'll probably be going like, I wonder if he actually, if he hurts himself, he holds it in, and then he cries when people walk away. I, I, like a little girl. Like a little girl. <laughs> It's it, it's it's more of the like oh it didn't hurt at all than walk away and just like sit down like that really hurts oh god <laughs> more of like laughing about how stupid I just laugh at myself like oh that was cool turn around I'm like I am not smart nope that was yeah. not a smart thing to do uh, no not at all my leg's bleeding it was great oh, oh look look there's stuff oozing out of my leg right now yeah that's not painful <laughs> thank you so much. Something happened yesterday. We're doing a, a hockey scene, and uh, we we do this little stunt where I'm supposed to get checked into the the counter. And uh, I was supposed to just like hit my shoulder on the counter, be nothing. But of course, there are things to break, and I was allowed to knock things over. So we go full out, and I end up going on top of the counter and falling, or whatever. And uh, little did I realize, I get up and I scraped my arm. There's like a five inch, like gnarly, I mean, pretty gnarly scrape going down my arm. And I get up, and I'm like, yeah, that kind of hurt. I'm, like, hiding it, you know, to walk away because I want them to let me do it again next time. And I'm just, like, bleeding. It's really pretty pretty bad. But it was one of those total fake moments. Like, oh, dude, I'm fine. Like, did you get hurt? It looks like you got hurt. And I'm like, dude, come on. I was fine. I walk away. Where are the bandages? Seriously, let's cover this up right now. Yeah, right. 
like, don't let them write it up. They won't let me do this again. And it was so much fun. <laughs> it's a lot of that so much fun acting like an idiot. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I totally was an idiot, but it was it was a lot of fun. Hopefully it'll look good. <laughs> I will I will never say that about you unless I see you in person and you actually do that in front of my face. Then I will call you an idiot. Awesome. Well, you know, and if I ever end up trying to show off doing something I'm not very good at, um, you get yeah, we'll find out. We'll see. That that's true. That's true. You'll probably hear it here first, people. But uh, will. I'll come back to you just to tell you the awesome nice. stupid things I do on a daily basis. Nice. <laughs> I gotta ask this too. What? James Maslow and James Diamond, are there any similarities between the two? Do you see yourself in James Diamond and vice versa? You You know, I think every actor puts a tiny bit of himself in every character, so absolutely. Um, You know, James Diamond... And not just the the fact that you look just like him. You know, know, we we look very, very similar. I I think James Diamond has a little bit more wrinkle in his face, though. On occasion, on occasion. No one about that. You know, if I had to say one or the other, I'd say James Maslow is just slightly more handsome. But uh, that's just me. Maybe it's my bias. But uh, no. you're allowed to have it. Yeah, there you go. But uh, you know what? Uh, James Diamond, very fashionable. Always, always dressed up. Even when he's casual, he's, he's trying to make whatever he's got look good. And I think he generally does. Um, when I wake up, I pretty much find whatever's mostly clean and put it on. To go to Mostly work. clean. Are you trying to say that you're not one of the tidiest, cleanest people around? In okay, actually, I'm a very, I'm a very hygienic person, so it will be clean, but it's probably gonna be folded up on the ground somewhere. I don't really put things away because I don't have time. If I had time, I'd, I'd promise I'd be much more neat and clean, but I, I just don't. So things end up partially folded but clean in I don't know various places. Often I, I dress in my car. Because uh, I just wear my PJs out and shower on set half the time, which is quite nice. Um, you know, yeah. but <laughs> one one big difference, you know, James Diamond, there's a bunch of jokes about in, in the show how he's always, like, doing his hair and combing it and putting product in it, which is ironic since literally when I get to set, even for the show, they don't put product in my hair. Like, rarely do they do anything. In real life, <laughs> I never do, ever. In fact, and you can you can quote me on this and you can check it out, I take less time in hair and makeup than any of the guys. No joke. So uh, that, that's a bit of a difference between the character and myself. But, nice. uh, you know, I think, I think we're both, we both try and have fun. Both are very motivated. You know, that's something I try to bring to the character to, to reflect that he has such a motivation. But James Diamond is a little, he doesn't know the best ways to go about things sometimes. Maybe, maybe even a little airheaded sometimes because he wants it so bad he'll, he will make a fool out of himself. I have no problem making a fool out of myself for work, but on a daily basis I try and maybe play it a little more cool. Oh, okay. That's where the blonde sets in, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, the inner blonde sets in. The, the inner blonde sets in. Let's yeah, the highlights are for James Diamond, so that, there's a the difference again. <laughs> I got you. There you go. There you go. Now, you guys are going to be doing a summer concert tour, is that right? Next year? Most likely, nothing is set in stone at all. Um, in in fact, okay. everybody is focusing on the show at first. But I'd imagine as soon as we uh, finish the first season, um, mm-hmm. which you know will be sometime maybe during the summer, we could. Uh, we're definitely going to go and do a tour. I'm not sure when exactly or how many stops or any of that. But uh, after the first season, we'll definitely, definitely go and perform somewhere sometime. <laughs> nice, very. very I, cool. I know that's really specific, so now you can go tell everybody 
exactly where to be at what time. But uh, you know, I try. Oh, I won't tell them that. I'll just say, oh, just listen to the show, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you no, expect me to watch, repeat watch, it by my mouth. Show, listen to the get, show. You'll get hints and eventually we'll throw data at you. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. Exactly it. Now, when you did uh, when you did all those uh, plays, when you did uh, Les Mis and Footloose and everything like that. Love Footloose, by the way. Footloose is my favorite thing to do. I know my high school did. Yeah, it's and so much fun. That that was absolutely amazing. When and uh, of course, this is my bias talking. So yeah. I'm allowed to have it, right? 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 Uh, yeah, momentarily at least. I may take it away for you that power soon enough. But since you're on the same page as me, then sure, go ahead. Thank you very much. What's the biggest difference doing those and then when you're doing a uh, big time rush? Because you know you you're basically on stage in front of an audience and it's like right there live and in the moment. And if you mess up, then hello, how do I back, bounce back from that? You know, kind of feeling. Um, well, actually, that was always some of my favorite parts when things went wrong on stage. It was uh, always that little challenge of who's the quickest, who's got the the way who can you know just keep moving without people noticing. That's what's really fun about about the stage, and you get to perform in front of a live audience, which is just invigorating. I mean, there's nothing like it. So when we go out and we do sing or I get to sing in front of people or perform, I mean, it's it's the best feeling in the world. However, you do, you know, the same script over and over and over again. Where right. in the show, you know, on TV, we get to have a new script every week, and we get to do new material and learn new material and study it and be on location and change, and that's amazing, and that is so much fun. So they both definitely have their ups and downs, you know, I'd say it's it's more immediate gratification when you're on stage and you're in front of people, but uh, it's it's more uh, amazing in the long run looking at TV because you just see so many people go into that production and, and everything that's done behind the scenes and in post-production after it's done. Then to watch it afterwards is like, oh, wow, that was pretty cool how it all comes together. Absolutely, man. Now, tell us one thing, tell us one thing that you think that most people will not know about you that they'll be interested to know about you. Most people would not know about me, but they'd be interested to know about. Well, I don't know how interested they'll be, but um, <laughs> when I was younger, I wore sandals for pretty much two years straight. I almost never wore shoes except for when I performed because I just didn't need to, and I hated putting on shoes. And for some reason, now that I'm in L.A., um, I barely ever wear sandals anymore because I'm just not at the beach as much as I want to be, which makes me a little sad, but yeah, it works. See, I'm like the complete opposite. I don't wear sandals. I wear shoes. And the only time I'll wear sandals is if I am in California. <laughs> well, so I guess, that, I guess that makes sense. That's like the poor opposite, dude. <laughs> but I was in California, man. I, I I skated in sandals, and people used to freak out about that. Like, I ran in sandals. Not like long runs, but I was just, I didn't need to wear shoes. Why take the time? Wouldn't, to, you, wouldn't you fear that you trip in sandals if you ran, dude? Seriously. When you wore them as much as I did, it was like being a bare feet. I don't know. I was actually like a pro at sandals. Most people, like when you had to sneak up on somebody when you were a little kid, were like really loud. I was like, shh, like the heel down first and the toe. I was I was kind of amazing at wearing sandals, if I can say so. I was really good at it. <laughs> yeah, that uh, confidence coming through again, right? I, I know. You know what? I would just, I, I got to say, I'm a professional sandal wearer. I mean, I think that is an amazing talent. You may not think so, but hey, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep this confidence about it because you should have that printed on a T-shirt. I wear sandals well. That's right. <laughs> Show it off. Show it off. It worked the next time. Show it off at the studio. 
I'd like to tell I'm people around the world sandal wearing ability if you have it. If I rock the sandals. That's pretty much how you got to put it. I rock the sandals. <laughs> That'd be a funny T-shirt. Yes, it would. I'm known to be funny sometimes. Not all the time. All right, all right. I'll give you that. You've been moderately com- comedic tonight, yeah? Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the backhanded gestures. I really want to be great friends, but we're just being so mean to each other. But we'll keep talking. We'll see how it goes. Wait a minute. Does that mean that when we do that, aren't we friends now? I think so. I think it's one of those, like, love-hate things, but it's more you just goofing on each other. Like, you know, best friends, you mess with each other. That's what happens. That's what I do. I think that's, I think that's it. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We're closer than we thought. I think so. <laughs> and I think that's, I think the, the the love for the food just brought us together. I think that, I think that works. Absolutely. Honestly, that's, that's an inseparable bond. If anybody can eat like I can eat, and I kind of sense that you might be able to, you seriously, anytime you want to hang out, let's go get food. Absolutely, dude. And uh, before you go, uh, I'd love for you to do a, a promo for us for this show here. Um, of course. Say anything that you would like, except it has to include your name and Buzzworthy Radio in it. Say anything that I'd like, except... All right, should I make it pretty simple? You can make but, it as simple as you want. <laughs> All righty, just go ahead right now. Yeah, yeah, let's go ahead. Hey, what's up, guys? This is James Maslow, and you're listening to Buzzworthy Radio. Hope to see you around. Cool, cool. Simple, simple to the point. I like it. Cool, man. Cool, man. So, listen, you are welcome back on the show anytime you want. I'd love to have you back on the show. Absolutely. Oh, thank you as well as much. the rest of the as well as the rest of the crew, obviously, but you know, cool. you got first dibs. So, <laughs> well, thank you very much, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, yeah, maybe before uh, you know the beginning of the year in January, we're gonna have our premiere. So maybe we can talk right before or after that. That'd be cool. Absolutely, I would love to. Thanks so much, dude. All right, man. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure talking to you, man. I hope to talk to you real soon. Absolutely. You take care, man. You too. Bye. And now a classic Buzzworthy Radio moment. Sure. <laughs> they really We're... like me. They're just joking, you know. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure that's what it is, sweetheart. I, I really do. Well, yeah. you know, I I haven't seen the soup in a while. But if, if he hasn't made fun of his own show yet, then I don't know. I'm sure he, you know. That's true. Has. If you're not I on mean, the soup, I don't think that he likes you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're right. I'm gonna have to do something about that. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna get on the soup, you guys. You're gonna have to get adopted by Kate. You know what? You can do to get on the soup. You can do a streaking thing like you did in college. Oh, what? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Is, what? Well, it's not like I would go streaking everywhere. Well, okay, wait. It's not uh-huh. like. It's not like I was like I'm going streaking. Like in old school, it was more like it was more like I'm just gonna take a nice jog in the breeze and with no clothes on. Not wearing clothes. <laughs> wow. You know, you got that's, that's a very logical way to think about it. You know, the yeah. next time I feel the need to do that, I'll I'll just go. I just want to take a jog outside, and if I really want to feel the breeze on my skin. Shed some shed some clothing. That's how we're gonna do it, it right? Take right? it off, and then when the when the police stops you, you know, just be like, officer, 
and then just <laughs> run away. Feel the fresh air on me. Yeah, yeah. Then just run away. You gotta have a good pair of uh, running shoes on. Just take serpentine and then just run away. <laughs> That was our interview with James Maslo. You can catch him in new episodes of Big Time Rush on Nickelodeon every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Now coming up, we have Chris Harrison, who hosts many shows that I can probably not name on just one hand alone, but here are a few of them. The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, The Bachelor Pad on ABC, as well as the Red Carpet Pre-Emmy shows on the TV Guide channel. Yeah, I think you got them all then. Maybe. If not, please correct me. We did this interview with him uh, in July of last year, in 2009, and I love the fact that he was very open and candid, especially with how there are so many different replicas of The Bachelor that are shown on different networks. So he got to voice his opinion about that as well. And here it is, one of my favorite interviews that we've ever done here in the course of three years, our interview with Chris Harrison. We are joined by Chris Harrison, host of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette on ABC, Designers Challenge and HGTV, and Hollywood 411 on the TV Guy channel. How are you, sir? What's going on? Good morning. Good morning. Did I get them all? Because it's like you're you're everywhere, man. I feel like I'm forgetting something. <clears throat> I also park, park cars at the local uh, hotel. Oh, you do? Oh, Yeah, wow. I do that in my spare time. <laughs> I definitely have to find you and have you do that uh, and give you a nice little concierge tip. That's great. <laughs> so you were just in New York and you just did, uh, you were a judge on Iron Chef, right? Yeah, I did uh, Iron Chef America, which is uh, one of my uh, favorite shows. Love it. And uh, yeah, when as soon as they asked and I could fit it into the schedule, absolutely did it. And uh, it was it was really cool. Like usually you kind of, you know, you do those things and having been in television, you realize it's probably not going to be that cool um, because of the production and, you know, it's just what they make it on TV. But this actually was as good as you would expect. Nice. I'd love, I would love to do that show simply just because of the food. But that's it. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little intimidating because a they have the celebrity guest with two kind of foodies um, on the judges panel, so you know you're a little intimidated because how often do you really, just, I mean, other than saying food is good, how often do you really describe it? And then having to do it in front of one of the, you know, the biggest chefs in America, uh, it's a little mm. intimidating. Yeah, but you're not put off by that. No, I mean, I still let them have it, but uh, it was tough at first. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know, I know everybody Everybody knows you from hosting The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, especially this season, which I have to say has been the most interesting. Is that the best word I can use? I think so. Well, I don't know, because that can be taken either way. <laughs> like interesting in a good way or interesting like what in the world? Wow. <laughs> interesting in what in the world and interesting as in this had kept me in tune with the entire season. Now, let's put it that way. Okay, that's good. Uh, that's good enough. I, 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 must, I must say that just simply because of what has, what the hell has gone on between between the foot fetish guy, uh, the, the cowboy singer that was trying to get his name out there, and then... Then, of course, the mental all episode, which I did watch, and I pretty much had to agree with your blog that you had posted, that uh, it, it just felt like that they, they just gave men a bad name, I think. Yeah, uh, really, they did. It got out of hand in a hurry, didn't it? 
Yeah, it really did. I mean, and you also put there what we didn't even get to see, um, how they really, really dogged on Juan. They really dogged on the guy. Uh, I saw dog, them dogging Jake was bad, but they, they really dogged on everybody, and it just seemed like yeah, I'm in high school again. It was again. a weird I'm dynamic. Yeah. It was a very weird dynamic, and I really didn't expect it from that crew. I, just, I thought it'd be just kind of a, you know, goof around, cut each other up a little bit, but they, they took it very serious and got after it. They did. They really did take that seriously. And it's like you really had to mediate almost throughout the entire program. You really yeah. did. Oh, it, was, and it was 20 times worse than what you actually saw on TV, where I was finally just t- yelling at the guys to shut up so we could continue. Cause they'd all just, it was like watching The View, where you just had like five people talking over each other. Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, my co-host is joining us as well. Uh, Matthew Preston is his name. Matthew, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up? Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Thank you. Matthew, was the bus late? No, it wasn't. I was here on time. Okay. I was totally here on time. He was three minutes late, though. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, you are. Totally, my clock is totally wrong or something because I called in at 11. I don't know. It was yeah, it was three minutes after I saw your number pop up on the board. Yeah, maybe, it was. Maybe, maybe you looked three minutes after. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh no, I wasn't there because I even counted <laughs> down Chris and told him that the theme song was coming on and telling him the whole. You weren't here. <laughs> well, Chris, thank you so much for coming on to the show. My pleasure. And I have to know, what is your favorite type of flower? Is it a rose? Do you do you love roses after being on the show? Well, I have to say, I mean, roses have been pretty good to me over the last eight years. Um, True. So, you know, you don't want to bite the flower that feeds you, but uh, <laughs> that's definitely up there. But uh, I will say this, when I buy flowers for my wife, it's definitely not roses. <laughs> good answer. <laughs> oh, gosh. What can we uh, What can we expect on the final, uh, the final show of this season? Because... It looks like a lot, a lot of surprises are in store in the final uh, episode of the season for The Bachelorette. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you saw the uh, men tell-all and you stuck it through to the uh, team did. for next week, you saw that last clip of Reed standing in the doorway or window holding a diamond ring. So, obviously, Reed is still in play, um, and take uh, from that what you will. But uh, there's going to be it's, – it's a phenomenal, phenomenal emotional – uh, finale that I, I would none of us really expected. I didn't think it would be that big of a deal, um, but it turned out to be probably one of the best finales that we've ever had. It's it's a real roller coaster ride. Yeah. But it, but in the end, I think you know because I, I know people worry about you know they say oh the show's so scripted and this and, and like believe me none of this was laid out. This stuff happened and we obviously what happens is. If, if we know an event's going to take place, say, say Jake wants to come back, obviously then we have to produce Jake coming back. We put it in the oh, yeah. I mean, we don't just happen to have cameras there and, and Jake shows up. Jake let us know, like he admitted, he said he called producers and said, hey, I want to come back and talk to Jillian. So then it's up to us to say, okay, we need to do this in Austin because we're already in Austin. Let's do it in this hotel room. So that part is produced. Of course it is, or you're not going to see it on TV, and then we'd be idiots for not getting it on TV. So the same thing mm-hmm. with, you know, the finale. Just know that, you know, the ideas, everything about it was all of the guys' ideas. Then we take it from there and we make sure it's on TV so you can see it. Exactly, because that, that was actually perfect segue into what I was initially was going to ask you, if you can't answer it, how much of that is scripted, 
how much of that is real of what we I mean, see on our TV screens. Like for Jake, for example, I mean, I, I just happen to be, and I can speak 100% honestly about it, I happen to be um, on the same flight as our crew, and, and we all flew out of, uh, where were we, Calgary together. We were in Banff, and then you had to drive to Calgary to the airport, and we were all flying home that day, or, you know, and, and starting the hometown dates. And I was standing there with one of the producers that Jake had been working with, and he pulled this producer aside, and they talked for like two hours before our flight. And at the time, I had no idea what they were talking about because they asked me to get out of the way so they could just have a private conversation. And then on the plane, the producers let me in on because Jake uh, was flying off to uh, Dallas. He, he took off, and we were going back to L.A. Um, he let me in on what Jake wanted to do and then follow-up conversations. And so that was 100% Jake because uh, I saw it happen. I saw it unfold at the airport. Um, and the same thing with what comes up with Reed in the following week and anything that happened, you know, in prior seasons, it's, it's usually the contestant, the bachelor bachelorettes that come up with the idea and say they want to do this, and then we have to decide, okay, is it good for the show? Is it good for the Jillian? Is it good, you know, and so and you got to let it play out. Exactly. And Jillian's been through a lot, a lot of ups and downs in there, but I love yeah, your yeah. She has, and I I loved your quote in the blog as well, where you said what well, it boils down to on this show that everybody is trying to find one thing, and that is love on this program, even though throughout what happened this season we can't necessarily say that, but it still it still holds true. Um, do you think even though what has culminated throughout this season on The Bachelorette, people will still um, want to do this to find unrequited love or still look for love, even because a lot of people have been suggesting that if one person can come on and promote their music, then this is what other people will do if they want to come yeah. into the show. Like, well, yeah, here's you know? the thing. I mean, Wes isn't uh, the first person to come on the show for ulterior motives. And, I mean, everybody has their own reasons for coming on. Um you know, like even Jillian, a lot of times they'll come on just for the action adventure and it sounds fun, but they all have that idea in the back of their head, like, what if? And they're all okay. open to that idea. And as long as that's there, then you're fine. Um, but, you know, Wes isn't the only guy that's come on for the wrong reasons, but the great thing about our show is it's not a game show. So it's not like they're fooling the producers. It's not like they're getting one by us, because honestly, we don't care in the grand scheme of things, because it's really up to Jillian or Jason, or whoever the bachelor or bachelorette is, that's their job to figure that out. Just like it's your job in real life to figure out if the girl you just met at the bar last night is using <laughs> you. She knows who you are, and she's using you for your money. Or right, right, right. she knows you have a nice apartment, and that's a big thing in New York, and she's trying to you know get a place to live. So I mean, there's true, always, true. look, everyone you meet in life has an ulterior motive, and it's your job to be a judge of character and figure out, okay, does Wes like me for who I am? Or is he completely using me? And that's mm -hmm. something Jillian had to figure out just like she would. And, and I think letting that unfold is was the right thing to do. Um, I mean, look, I talked to her off camera. Everyone talked to her. So it wasn't a surprise that, you know, Wes had this music career. Um, but, look, she formed a relationship with him early, and it just took her a little longer to get around to seeing it. Yeah. Wow. But I love but, that aspect of the show. I mean, I love that. I love that there's girls that are think they're going to be actresses or you know models or whatever, and the guy has <laughs> to figure out. Okay, I know she's hot, but is she worth it? The fact that you know maybe she's not here for me, and you got to dump her. 
Well, the show's actually become so popular that one channel in particular, VH1, has sort of copied the, the format. You know what I'm talking about with Flavor of Love, Rock of Love, all the loves. What do you think of all the other kind of coffee shows out there? Well, I mean, not kind of copied us. I mean, it was one of our former producers, actually, and a lot of people that worked on our show actually went over and did that show. So it was a, Oh, okay. Yeah, a little-known story about who actually, if you look at the executive producer of those shows, they actually yeah. worked The Bachelor for years. So, And it was a little contentious for a while, and it was a blatant, silly rip-off. Um, and, you know, early on, it, it bothered me because it actually kind of took away from our audience. For a while, the, the Bachelor was the only show where you could really see this type of concept unfold. Right. And for a while, NBC had one. Um, Married by America or whatever it was called, and then you know even Joe Millionaire, which was a silly spoof on Fox. There were so many ripoffs that by the time The Bachelor got down, the the whole that kind of genre was just really watered down, and it wasn't you know original. And then it ma- it made it harder for us to cast the show. It made us try and push the envelope and kind of change our show a little bit, unfortunately. Um, and so that was kind of a pain. But you know what's happening now are such silly spoofs that we really, it doesn't affect what we do. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. that that's actually, that was a really interesting backstory. And plus, you guys actually get, I get a lot of, I get, get a lot of air time on a, one show in particular called The Soup. What yeah, do you think of Kale, my man. Seriously. My buddy Joel, oh, he's, always, he always, he's always good about tearing us apart. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite was the Deanna bot. I don't know, I love the Deanna bot. That was hilarious. He's uh, Joel's great. I love and I actually love the soup. I, I'm a big fan of him and and the show. Um, yeah, and I guess it was funny during the uh, Michael Jackson because I you know I also do my entertainment show at you know TV Guide and I guess last week he had uh, you know just all the Michael Jackson coverage and then they had my coverage from Hollywood 411 and he stopped and like what's Chris Harrison from the Bachelorette doing at the Michael Jackson Memorial and then you know went on and into the Bachelorette so he's a uh, and I like it because they kind of keep a fresh, you know, perspective. They don't take it too serious, which is, you know, kind of the way it should be. Yeah. Are we going to see you on the show? Maybe, maybe <laughs> have a guest appearance. Will we see? I have. I've done like two or three guest appearances. Oh yeah, really? absolutely. Nice. Very nice. We're. I obviously missed that episode. Crap. Wow. <laughs> we'll have to go YouTube that now. Exactly. You probably you should. You should. Anybody, anybody can do like interviews on the red carpet in in a in a suit, but wear sneakers, and able to pull that off. That's amazing. I had to, I had, to, I had to put that out there because it it was a uh, it was seen. <laughs> just just saying. But I I do have to ask. How did you how did you get into the entertainment field? Uh, is this something that uh, was what you wanted to do throughout your entire life, or was it something that just sprung upon you and you just got into it and it just took off. Yeah, it's a, no, it's definitely a thing that found me for sure because I mean I had no intention of getting in this business from even from college when I kind of started getting into sports casting. I figured that's about all I would do and one thing led to another got out to Los Angeles and started sports casting and then just kind of fell into the bachelor back in 2001. And you know before that I did do as you mentioned designers challenge. Um you know I did some acting and stuff like that and then just Really, the Bachelor. I never even auditioned for the Bachelor. Um, they just mm-hmm. kind of found me, and we found each other, and the show went off. And even you know, when these shows start, whether it's Survivor, Idol. I mean, I remember the Idol auditions. They were a mess. They didn't know what the oh, show yeah. was going to be. And uh, I remember they were, 
you know, my agent calling saying it was just, you know, like, don't worry about it. There's some singing show on Fox, and, they, you know, they're not really sure what it's going to turn out to be. It's a, you know, it's a little bit of a crazy deal. And, you know, and it turns out to be American Idol. And the same thing with Dancing with the Stars. I mean, that show was passed around town, you know, ten times. No one wanted to touch it with a ten-foot pole. And then finally ABC is like, all right, let's do it. So, I mean, you never know. I don't care what anybody says in this business, how long you've been, you know, whether you're, you know, Mike Fleiss who creates our show or, you know, Stephen Bochco. You can never predict what's going to be good. It just, it's, you know, it's, it's such a fickle audience, but they've latched on to us. They've latched on to certain shows. And uh, eight years later, it's still rolling. Absolutely. Do you have any favorite hosting moments? Not, not just favorite, but... Any embarrassing hosting moments that you've ever had? I mean, not really embarrassing, because the good news is a lot of my stuff is all is taped. And so, you know, the the only bad things is if you know, we get pretty far in the, in the season and I forget someone's name, because, um, you know, I should know it by then. But, there's been, there's been, but, look, there's been so many guys and so many girls over so many seasons. Like, so, it, like a lot of times they run together. And yeah. I will have some embarrassing moments out. Like, my wife and I will be at a restaurant and a girl or a guy will walk up to us and say, "Hey, you remember me? I was, you know, on The Bachelor season 17." And I mean, this, look, it's kind of like an exam. You remember when you studied in school, and as soon as you're done with that exam, you, you got to kind of let it all go. That's how oh, a lot yeah. of it, you know, like some of these people I've become a good friends with, but some of them, man, I couldn't pick them out of a lineup if my life depended on it. <laughs> that is hysterical. I, I really thought you were going to say the pull your fingers thing that. Uh, Jillian did on on that we saw the, the men call that, that was that was my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Jillian's great, you know. It's funny. we had it. It makes it so easy to to do a show when you have someone like Jillian or like an Andrew Firestone or Bob Guinea or you know just one of these people who you get along really well with and and you actually enjoy going to see them because it's more like you're hanging out with a friend than working. Mm-hmm. I mean, some seasons it's it's like pulling teeth. But, uh, you know, this season, it was really tough because you got to remember after Jason, we were all a little um, emotionally spent and had just been put through the ring. Oh, yeah. And then they decided, okay, we got to start production a little early on The Bachelorette. And so none of us were really ready to jump back in the pool yet. And uh, the fact that it was Jillian and her personality made it uh, a little bit easier. Yeah, I was... Uh... I was surprised too that uh, I mean I I was I liked Jason and then um, I was still surprised when he came on your show when he came on the show on Monday and uh, well it was pre-taped but we saw it on Monday uh, yeah. that that um, they're still getting flack he's still getting flack about what happened um, yeah I mean that look you know it's, I mean, it's, it's probably tough. funny it's that tough. that's gonna that's gonna continue to happen I mean I like Jason I like Molly they're they're good people and I, w- I really do wish him well um, and you got to look at the people involved when they've moved on and when they're all happy. You know, Melissa's moved on, and, she, God, she's had a great career, you know, a career that she never in a million years would have ever had if it wasn't for us and if Jason hadn't hadn't have done what he did. So, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways, and she's done great things. She's engaged to uh, Ty, and Jillian's moved on, and as she said Monday, she's happier than she's ever been. So, when I think fans see that everybody has moved on and that's been involved and is extremely happy, I think you got to let it go. I think it's been a plenty plenty of time to uh, let that water go under the bridge. Yeah, I do agree with that. And it doesn't mean you have to respect Jason or what he did. That's up to oh, you. No. I mean, 
but it's it, I think you have to finally like okay I'm I'm going to let this go and for the most part it's it's slacked off a little bit but I know Jason you know people still give Jason a hard time uh, but again this show magnifies those events so it's not like you know a normal guy being you know making a, an awkward decision this was magnified by you know a million times on national television so obviously it's going to linger a little bit longer but I think it's time. Mm-hmm. I agree. I do. Yeah. I do agree with that. Do you so, have any? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. Oh, I'm actually going to know. You know, we actually Buzzworthy Radio has a chance to to possibly go on the red carpet for the Daytime Emmy Awards. We want to know from somebody who's actually been there, what kind of tips can you give us for hosting a red carpet special? Well, first of all, for the Daytime Emmy specifically, sunscreen um, and Ooh, an umbrella true. and a tank top. It is the hottest, most ridiculous red carpet you'll ever be on. Um, for some reason, the daytime Emmys, because it's so early, it's always about 110 degrees on the red carpet. So everyone just, all, all you think about when you get there is how quickly can I get off the red carpet. Um, exactly. So t- as soon as someone stops, if you get someone to stop, just tell them this is going to be a quick interview and have a fan waiting so you can be fanning off whoever you're interviewing because it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous how hot it is. I thought I could just get like Tyra Banks to like stand in front of the sun. I don't know. Tyra Banks will melt. <laughs> What, you know, whatever, when they put her face and hair on, it'll just melt. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's, that's, that's terrible. <laughs> I'll remember that, though, when I get out there, is to just have a fan ready and just have a fan blowing on, on exactly, myself and the person who I'm talking to. If you can to, offer air it. conditioning, if you can offer air conditioning, cover, or a fan, then everyone's going to stop just, just so they can uh, catch a cool breeze from you guys. Nice. Okay, I like that. So tempt them with some air conditioning. I'm liking that. Okay. I cannot <laughs> offer that work to save my life. But thanks for that. <laughs> thanks, Matt, for trying to keep that dream alive. <laughs> there is no way. There is no way. Is it is it hard to stop people on the red carpet when you do those events? Is it like you know? It, I, it, I, it depends. Uh, you know, it also depends on the you know the position because you know we've had you get those stages where of course you know, everyone stops by and. You know, I, luckily I've been doing this enough, and, and because of The Bachelor, I've I've met a lot of these people over eight years, um, whether it's people from my, you know, network or people from the office I've run into or, you know, other hit shows that maybe I don't, we're not best friends, but we kind of have that recognition where they'll see you and think, okay, you know, I've, you know, I know that guy. And then I've done a lot of interviews on, on my TV Guide show where, you know, words. Once word gets out that you're going to deliver a, a nice professional interview, then people aren't so scared of you. Um, you know, it's it's when, like, say, like a you know what happened a lot of times with Lisa Rinna at TV Guide, when a celebrity doesn't know what they're going to get from you, um, you know, and when it could turn horribly wrong and be embarrassing, you know, they're not going to stop because you know if they don't know what they're going to get, then it's no good for them. And the reason they're on there oh, is yeah. to promote whatever they're doing. So, you know, once they realize, oh, Chris Harrison's going to give me a nice professional interview, he knows my show, he knows who I am, he's more than likely not going to ask a horribly stupid question on live TV, um, then, you know, that's when they'll stop. And it's also a lot, and people don't realize this, a lot of it's up to the publicist. You know, they will, they, pre, they pre-walk the red carpet, our people have talked to their people, and it's kind of pre-planned that, you know, Brad and Angelina will stop by. Um, you know, a, very little of it is impromptu where you just yell, you know, hey, you know, Brad and Angie, come on up here. Uh, you know, the publicist <laughs> kind of figured it out and mapped out the red carpet. 
Oh, so okay, you ever, gotcha. Have you ever gotten, like, starstruck and were just like, oh, my God, like, I'm really, I really like the celebrity? Um, you know, not not starstruck, but I do get kind of the, the latter part of that where I'll have a preconceived notion about a celebrity, and once you meet them, you know, you, I, I don't know, there's just some celebs you think, oh, this guy's going to be a jerk, or this woman's going to be so stuck up and conceited. And you meet them, and they are just the salt of the earth and the nicest person that you could ever meet. Um, and, and honestly, I find that more times than not that it is that way, where they're just they're good people. They keep to themselves because you know that's the life of trying to keep a small circle around them. But that no, most most times they're really good people. And uh, a lot of times, you know, I think people don't realize is how bad actors are. Some of the biggest actors in the world, they're really bad at one-on-one conversation in live TV. I know we see them on the big screen and we see them on TV all the time, but when you break down that fourth wall and it's live TV and they have to interact, they're really not outgoing, personable people. Um, Acting is a very different craft, and I think people kind of misunderstand that one thing would lead to another, but it really doesn't. So it's more like it's more like it's more business to them than anything else, and they yeah, don't. Well, just a lot of a lot of them are, are are really nervous. I mean, they are really really nervous and embarrassed. I've noticed that I've on noticed live that. TV, and um, you know, it's if you if you get these people on stage, it scares them to death. That's why a lot of these actors, you'll see them, you know, when they go present um, live at the Emmys or Oscars or whatever, you can tell they're they're just scared to death. It's just. That's very much taking them out of their element. As much as you don't think it is, it really is taking them out of their element, and it's pretty scary. We've gotten so much information from you. Thank you. Wow, that's right. See, I'm a, a wealth of information. You are a wealth. You are a wealth of information. <laughs> I was. Uh, I'd also would love for you to uh, do a promo for our show if you wish to you do bet. so. What's the? Okay. Uh, what, what do you guys want? Any. Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> Hi, this is Chris Harrison, Bachelor, Bachelorette host from ABC, Hollywood 401 host on the TV Guy channel, and you are listening to Buzzworthy Radio. Do you still host the Diners Challenge, by the way? No, well, kind of. I mean, it's, it's, I don't think it'll ever go away, um, but it's uh, we've stopped production on it. Okay. We okay. shot, when we were shooting, we shot like double, triple seasons, and so they, they finally... You know, realize okay, we have like five years in the can, and we need to start running these. And so, yeah, we haven't been in production in a while, but it's still on. Okay, I got you. So, so all right, well, here I'll, I'll give you guys a promo. Hey, this is Chris Harrison, host of The Bachelor and Bachelorette on ABC, and host of Hollywood 411 on TV Guide. You are listening to Buzzworthy Radio. Awesome. Cut print. We got it. Hi right, guys. <laughs> Thanks for the, uh, hey, so the uh, Twitter the uh, Twitter announcements. <laughs> I, I I do my best with the with the Twitter man. I, I do my best up. with the Twitter. I'm addicted to it. Thanks As so always, much again. Th- thanks for the time, guys. I appreciate it. No problem. Chris Harrison, everybody. I, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning into the show tonight. Follow James Maslow on Twitter. He's simply at James Maslow and Chris Harrison as well. Chris is at Chris B Harrison. Follow those two on Twitter. They're great guys. I love them to death. Very classy human being. And it was a pleasure having both of them on the show when they had both appeared. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in day three of Anniversary Week. We are back tomorrow, Thursday, November 4th, with two of the most talked-about interviews ever in the course of our three years on the show. 
I, I cannot go through a day without hearing any, somebody just bringing up and mentioning uh, the Christophe St. John interview or the Victoria Rowell interviews that we have done here on the show. And it was very enlightening. It was very, I want to use the word inspiring. I, I think it is inspiring because you, you really don't know what goes on behind the scenes until you actually hear from somebody who has been there. And it has opened my eyes a little bit to to what goes on behind the scenes, and which is really a shame. But to hear it in that kind of a capacity from two of these stars, it was very shocking to me. And I can understand why people still talk about it to this day. And they were very wonderful interviews that I cannot express any more deeply than what I already have after I've done them. And I hope you guys have the chance to hear them again tomorrow on Thursday, November 4th, 2010, starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. We will be airing the interviews with Christophe St. John, who plays Neil Winters on CBS Daytime's Young and the Restless, followed by an interview that we recently did with Victoria Rao, who played the role of Drusilla Winters from 1990 to 2007 on the same show. Two back-to-back interviews, two of the most talked-about interviews, will be re-aired tomorrow. Hope you guys can check it out. Take care. Can't get enough of Buzzworthy Radio. Log on now to www.buzzworthyradio.net to get the latest news on upcoming guests, past shows, and videos of all your favorite stars. Keep getting the latest buzz with Buzzworthy.